0: stages of labor, hormones of birth, and timing contractions are not the most important or effective ways to learn about physiologic birth. And chances are, you've learned some of that, and you still have questions about what to expect from birth. And these questions linger because the sources that are teaching childbirth preparation are only offering facts about labor and birth created to enable the medical system to justify the use of interventions to speed up labor despite the injuries experienced by mothers and the disruptions to the mother-baby bonding. Before birth became a medical procedure that needed these guidelines and metrics, women were shown physiologic birth instead of charts and graphs and tables. Today, we have the benefit of merging traditional physiologic birth knowledge with what is useful from research and evidence And this has been the key to helping my students and clients avoid things like tears and traumatic birth injuries and go on to have fulfilling natural births. If natural birth is calling you, merging traditional physiologic birth with learning modern knowledge may be the answer to your lingering questions. And you can begin the journey of seeing physiologic birth with a free class that will introduce you to the three Ps of physiologic birth that help my students and clients avoid tearing in only 15 minutes so you will know why you can trust your body to give birth without injury. After watching this 15 minute video, you will know what physiologic birth really is and why learning the stages of labor, lists of hormones, and cervical dilation rates is just not enough, the most common points in labor where tissue damage tends to occur, and how to use the three Ps of physiology to prevent the causes of tears or episiotomies. And you will learn the difference between being 10 centimeters and being ready to push. After seeing the physiology in this way, one of my students, Sarah, said, simply mind-blowing. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I want to share this with all of the birth professionals that I have ever met, as it is so clear to me now how we have all been missing the big picture. And Cassie said, I took four courses and yours is the one I walked away with feeling the most empowered. Very specifically, the physiologic birth part where you show the slides of where baby is. Having known what baby does in that dance with the pictures, just let me trust the process. So I never felt worried. So if you'd like to learn more about what Sarah and Cassie are talking about, you can get started with this very special and unique physiologic birth training for free at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash free class. I hope to see you there. Nature never intended that parents would have such information. Pregnancy as a time of unconditional attachment is severely disrupted by the technology available today. A quote by Anne Fry from Holistic Midwifery. Birth led by nature is more than just having a natural birth. Whatever that even really means today... I've heard so many definitions in the last few months about what natural birth really means, it doesn't even sound like a word anymore. Birth led by nature is more than just avoiding interventions. In fact, it really has very little to do with interventions at all, but it has everything to do with the intentionality of life in a way. On today's podcast, I'm going to share some thoughts that might go against what's commonly accepted today or even what's just commonly done today in regard to birth in the hopes that we will continue to break through the status quo ideas about birth that will go beyond regular definitions and we'll see through the routine interventions and the routine offerings of pregnancy and of birth and we'll see birth and life through new lenses and through fresh perspectives so today I'll share some ideas and probably ramble a little bit about some ideas of natural pregnancy and natural birth. And and I also want to talk a little bit about the impact of technology today in prenatal care and on birth. And also, I just want to share that as we enter into these final months of 2020, I may end up putting some new episodes on hold for a bit of time. So there may be a couple of weeks where there's a gap or that I put some rebroadcasts up for you to listen to maybe some of the most popular episodes or episodes that I think are really important to for you to maybe have a re-listen to. This time of year, it's always a little bit busy for everybody, of course, because of the holidays coming up. And in our family, we really try to embrace this idea of living in harmony with nature's cycles as much as we can. And that means for us, we learn about life and about living life in some non-customary ways. And one of those traditions for our family is to raise our own turkeys. Now this itself this has been one of the biggest lessons about life and about birth. And maybe I will share more about it before the year is out. This is, uh, I think, probably about our eighth year of raising these birds. And so at some point, maybe I will share what it means to really look something in the eye and to really thank it and to bless it so that you and your family may live healthfully for another year. You know, what it what it really means to essentially spill the blood of a, another living being with a purpose and trying to find that shared understanding of that exchange. It it actually, as hard as it sounds to raise and harvest your own meat, it actually makes going to the grocery store a more difficult event that you might think in a whole other way, which is a bit related to our topic today, but not in a straightforward way, so I will save that episode for another topic if people are interested. My point was between the extra holiday preparations coming up and I'm also recording some new classes for the Natural Birth Compass program that are based on all of this extraordinary information that I've been learning in my holistic midwifery studies that I want to be able to share with all the families that I work with. And I am taking a couple of other classes on top of that over the next couple of months that um, are going to inform some more Indigenous practices around birth and around how we take care of newborns and babies in our life and bring more tradition into rearing families. All of this is going to take some of my attention away from the podcast right now in these next couple of months. But I will be back in the new year with lots of new information, lots of new insights, hopefully, lots of new perspectives from another year of living. But also with all of this new information that I'm going to get from these otherwise women that I am having the opportunity to study with here soon. And then whatever else 2021 is going to bring our way. It will definitely be very interesting to see what what is in store as we work our way towards the new year. And because we're going to get a little bit deep into technology and some prenatal care topics, it's probably important that I say the information that I'll present here today in this podcast is not intended to replace the advice of your medical care provider. Rather, it can be used to help you make decisions and have conversations with your care provider about what's really important for you and your baby on your journey to birth. So I'm going to end that there and let's jump into the full episode. Imagine transforming the anxiety, the worry, and uncertainty you have about your birth right now into the confidence and knowledge that will end everyone's questions about your natural birth and even have them asking you how you did it. Are you ready to stop imagining your wonderful birth and start preparing to experience it? Then you're in the right place. I'm Tristan, the creator of the Natural Birth Compass online childbirth education program and I'm coming to your ears with perspectives of birth from across time and cultures to help you become more informed and confident in your birth. So grab your mug, fill it with your favorite tea, and let's begin the journey to birth. Today, we have become quite separate from nature. We don't really understand what's necessary for life or how to live in a way that's harmonious with the rhythms of the earth and with the sun and with the moon. And that makes us vulnerable to being easily lost and confused, to being led astray. And we can become disillusioned by what we think is the miracle of technology. We think that technology can reveal everything that we need to see, like with ultrasounds, And that it can allow us to hear everything we need to hear as in using a Doppler or to know everything that we need to know like through lab work. But what happens when the results of using that technology are inconclusive or when it's just wrong? What happens when your baby's routine ultrasound ends up showing something that may be serious or maybe nothing at all? And now you have to make impossible decisions, a decision that was never supposed to be on your shoulders, but we can look and so we do look because we think that looking will help us to be reassured. But when we don't trust the process, when we don't trust pregnancy and we don't trust birth and we don't trust our babies to develop or our bodies to hold them. When we go against nature, when we go against life, we end up trading unconditional love for information, and that information may force us to have to ask questions that we're not prepared to ask, and without the full range of information that we need to really make that decision. And on top of all of that, what might we get wrong? What do we know about the harms of some of these tests on babies? We assume that most of these things are benign because they've just become so routine. Having ultrasounds, even every month, that's becoming the norm. Why not get early baby pictures? Why not have a picture every month? Using the Doppler every couple of weeks, why not make sure baby's heart sounds good? But what do we really know about the effects on DNA from these technologies? Well, one thing we can say is that we know it has effects on DNA, we know that it breaks DNA strands apart. Whether that's from the radiation of the Doppler from listening to your baby's heart or from an ultrasound to see your baby's shape and form, we know that these sound waves do affect DNA. The evidence is clear. Now, what's not clear is what happens when that DNA is damaged. Now, it may not cause significant damage depending on the timing. It may not even be apparent what it is causing most of the time. But... There's definitely questions. We're seeing more babies with hearing impairment and hearing loss, and we know that ultrasound can be responsible for that. In fact, ultrasound technicians are advised to avoid pointing the ultrasound wand at the baby's ears. Even though we don't think they can hear the frequency of the Doppler or the ultrasound, there is evidence of damage to the fine structures of the ear when. Ultrasound is aimed directly at the ear of a developing fetus, so just to be on the safe side, they try to not point it at the ear. We seem to be also seeing changes in things like learning and cognition, and this has been linked to excessive use of ultrasound and Doppler, but it's not out there in the public knowledge yet. And we can't easily make a one-to-one correlation with these things because it takes so long to develop these symptoms. And often there's so many other interventions that have been applied between the time you were pregnant and the time the symptoms are noticed. And there's probably several contributing factor to most of these conditions too. But that just leads me to question, why add anything that isn't necessary or that isn't going to answer a specific concern that you are having in that moment? Now, it's hard for us to have this discussion about the harms of modern technology without comparing it to the past and saying that we've improved pregnancy health and we've improved birth outcomes. We've improved infant and maternal mortality with all of the advancements that we have today. And that's absolutely true. But much of that is due to advancements outside of technology. It's due to Changes in hygiene. It's due to having heat and electricity in buildings. It's due to indoor plumbing. It's due to better food and better nutrition and clean water. And it's due in large part to learning how to treat and control the rates of dangerous sexually transmitted infections that affected many, many mothers and babies in history. Now, those are medical advancements, but those are different from the technology that we're talking about here because these were treatments applied when they were needed in the moment rather than something to act as a preventative measure, which doesn't really prevent anything at all. Now technology has a place, but it's not here to replace inner knowing or intuition. And it's not here just because routine is normal. Technology's most valuable and insightful place is when we have a reasonable suspicion to use it. Without that, We increase the risk of mothers and babies unnecessarily, whether it's exposing them to procedures that carry a risk, like ultrasound or Dopplers, when they're used more than they ought to be, or whether it's using screenings that expose them to unnecessary fears or concerns. Now, when used judiciously and with a clear purpose, technology can be an important part of prenatal care or in birth or in newborn care. But today, we use it always, and we use it for nothing most of the time. No clear purpose, but just because we think it may help to identify a problem before it arises. But in most cases, if there is a problem, and a mother is empowered to be in touch with her own body and her own baby, she knows that she needs something. Because we know. If we really get clear with ourselves, which is extremely hard in today's world, especially during pregnancy, when we're pulled in so many directions and flooded with so much information, sometimes so much differing information and counter arguments. But if you can find time every day to tune all of that out and focus on yourself, check in with yourself and check in with your baby, you will find that you know if a problem warrants further investigation with technology or testing of some sort. And then you can have a rational conversation about it with your care team and make solid decisions using interventions wisely. With where we are in the birth world in 2020, most people, they'll never experience this kind of inner knowing about their pregnancy, which is one of the saddest things I can imagine. Most women just don't know that it's possible, but I never had an ultrasound, not once, but I've been pregnant twice and had two healthy babies. And when I was pregnant, people would always ask how I knew everything was okay if I didn't have an ultrasound, like an ultrasound was the answer to having a healthy baby. And all I could tell them was that I just knew. The chances of something not being okay that would be found on an ultrasound is so minimal for a healthy woman. I had no reason to suspect any problems and no reason to create one where there wasn't one. And I hear stories all the time of problems that are seen on just a routine ultrasound a heart anomaly is suspected or a kidney doesn't look quite right or there's an oddity in the umbilical cord or fetal measurements which we know cannot be evaluated well by ultrasound except in the very very early weeks of pregnancy often before a woman even knows she's pregnant or using ultrasounds for amniotic fluid index markers to try and evaluate how healthy a pregnancy is as the due date gets near time and time again anything that's found in these ultrasounds that looks like it's off are transient and self-correcting, or they never existed at all. And the technician or the doctor just read the ultrasound wrong or saw something that wasn't there. But all of these moms who are given this information, they battle the stress, they battle the fear, the worry that something's wrong with their baby. And that changes so much physiology, so many emotions. And that can change how a woman feels about her baby. Where there should be unconditional attachment, where a mother's intuition should already be forming with her baby, there's now questions. Like Anne Fry said in the quote I shared at the opening of this episode, nature never intended that parents would have such information. Pregnancy as a time of unconditional attachment is severely disrupted by the technology available today. What does it mean to have that unconditional attachment, unconditional love, questioned? Can that questioning lead to complications in labor and birth? I can't answer these questions for anyone else. You will have to answer these for yourself. But for me, that answer was absolutely. And so I chose to avoid ultrasounds unless there was a valid reason that we needed to check on things. It meant that I opted out of standard screening tests when I knew they wouldn't reveal anything of use to my health or my baby's health. And these choices won't be the same for everyone. They have to be choices that you make because they are right for you, in your situation, under your circumstances, but not because they are routine. Technology has a place, but not where it's not needed. In order to have a birth that's led by nature, that flows according to the rhythms of life, you need to be able to turn inward, to tune into your own body and your own baby. Too much technology means more women today are disconnected from their body from their babies, and the rhythms that guide labor and birth in the realms of birth. So don't accept anything because it's routine. Ask questions, make choices, trust yourself, learn what your body needs, what your baby needs, and from there, the choices will be clear. And know that you're never alone. If you need help on this journey, you can always reach out, info at naturalbirthcompass.com or find me on social media at naturalbirthcompass. So that wraps up this episode on nature-led birth and the disruptions of technology in having a nature-led birth. I hope it helps give you some insight in making choices for your health and your baby's health. And I look forward to seeing you again in 2021. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening and being open to new perspectives as we spend this time together. As always, let me know how I can support your journey. If you have topics you wanna hear about, guests you'd like to hear from questions or comments to share let me know this podcast is always transforming and you can help shape it into something that helps thousands of families have the best pregnancy birth and transition into parenthood possible by leaving a comment or a review or sharing this podcast with others in your life who will benefit from our discussions find me on the socials at Natural Birth Compass, or email me at info at naturalbirthcompass.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode Wishing you a wonderful journey to birth.